Hello and welcome to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. I'm Arthur Yon, co-founder and CEO of Nest Protection Plan. We partner with restorers, contractors, and other home service providers, increase their revenue, grow their authority, and help them build a platform of lifetime customers. We believe that every American family and property owner deserves peace of mind from contamination, mold, and indoor-related illnesses, all for less than a dollar a day. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Uh, Great to have you here. Welcome to episode number 16 of the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. I'm your host, Arthur Yon, and uh, we're having an amazing week. Hope everybody's doing the same. We are just thrilled to have the guests that we have on today. He is joining us from Colorado. He is the founder owner of F9 Productions and of F14 General Contracting. He's the host of the Inside the Firm podcast. He's Mr. Lance Keiko. Lance, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Arthur. And uh, my, it's actually pronounced psycho. And I'm sorry for not telling you that before. But you, <laughs> but but no, but and that's okay that you mispronounce it because I'll tell you what, the only person in my entire life, I'm 40 years old, I just turned 40, that ever got my last name correct was actually an in, a telemarketer from India. I couldn't believe it. They pronounced it perfectly. And it was the only then the only the only telemarketer I ever gave a shot at maybe earning my business, even though it maybe it was a scam. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> that is uh that's awesome. Um all right. Well, you know, hey, I butcher probably everybody's name when they come on the show. It's part of what my new tradition, I guess. So <laughs> no, you know, no I, was, I was bound to not get it right Lance yeah 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 it's all good um, everybody yeah, will remember man, it from I, now this on. is awesome I, I really really appreciate you being on and I'm really excited to get into what you've been doing and you know your different businesses your serial entrepreneur um so tell us a little bit about how you got into the architectural world the the, the contracting world the construction world sure how'd you get your start Yeah. I mean, uh, if I peel it all the way back to when I was 13, I tried farming with my dad uh, one summer. I grew up in rural northwestern North Dakota uh, between one side of the family was cattle ranchers and the other side was uh, sugar beet and Durham uh, farmers. So I I tried working with my dad one summer. We did not get along, first of all. And then the second thing about it was it was you know, doing that hard work, uh, we were doing like irrigation. So we would have to pick up all these pipes and carry them. And, and if anybody who's listening has been in North Dakota, you know, the mosquitoes in the in the summer are just out of control. Uh, so I lasted about two weeks and I just hated it. And he said, well, you got to do something. You got to work. You got to do something. I'm not here to raise uh, kids without a work ethic and the understanding of, uh, you know, that you need you need to do something in life that's meaningful. And I said, well, let me reach out to your best friend. Uh, best friend, his best friend was a general contractor. His name was Bruce. And um, I had always been interested in building things because I was one of those kids that I was always drawing, creating, playing with Legos, that sort of thing. And I called up Bruce and I said, uh, hey, uh, I'm, I'm interested in, do you have any openings or you know, do you guys need any help? And he said, yeah, we got a big contract. We're tearing off uh, one roof per day. We're going to do 80 of them over the summer. We get up at five or six and we have the roof back on by 3 p.m. He goes, uh, you can be my gopher, which means in the construction industry, you can go for this, you can go for that. And then when you're done going for this and going for that, and if you manage to get the whole job site clean, then you can come up on the roof and start to learn how to roof. I was the best gopher he'd ever had. 
And uh, so it earned me a spot back getting up on the roof. And um, from I just loved every part of it. So uh, that that kind of set in stone for me of I was like, oh, wow, now I know how to do roofing. So then, then every summer after that, up until I was 21, 22, I would try to work a different trade every summer with a different contractor and uh, did just about every single trade except for maybe plumbing, electrical, and mechanical. But anything carpentry-wise I would do. So uh, was kind of a B average student in, in high school, went to a very small school with maybe only about 20 students per class. And when you grow up in a, that small of an environment, you don't really have choice of what you can what you can do as far as classes. I mean, there wasn't even hardly any electives. So th- for me, somebody that is a contrarian and who really doesn't like to be told what to do and, and wants to have some choice in life, I just, that's kind of, I think, why I was a B student. Um, so because I like the trades and because I wanted to become Bruce, essentially, that general contractor, because I saw how successful he was. And then I also understood he, he gave me some insight into like, here's how I make money. He's like, I, you know, I, I, I pay you $7.25 an hour, but I'm, I'm billing out at $40 an hour. And he goes after tax and everything. I, that's the profit I take. It's the risk. That's my reward for all the risk I take on employing you and doing all the insurance and everything. And I thought, man, growing up as somebody who uh, was lower income, you know, was always felt bad about money and stuff like that. And and from mom and dad who just were not entrepreneurs, it really pushed me in that direction. And I was like, that's, that's the key to freedom and being able to provide the kind of things I want for me and my family in the future. So I then went to tech school for two years at North Dakota State College of Science for building construction technology and uh, basically teaches you how to be about a commercial level contractor. And I just, that's where I excelled. I became a straight A student. I won all these scholarships, figured out how to actually monetize going to school. And by the end of that two-year stint, I found myself looking at some, one of the last projects we do is we build a house. And I started looking at, and they were still blueprints at that point back in the day. And I was like, why, why did the, why did the architects draw it like this? Like, I'm curious, like what drove the decisions to make these you know, to make these decisions that ended up on the paper we were going to use to to build the building. And I thought, man, I figured out how to make money from going to school. I'm actually good at school now. I love going to school. And I don't have any, I don't have any, I don't have any children yet. I don't have a wife or anything like, what if I just keep going? So I applied uh, 70 miles north to North Dakota State University for the architecture program, got accepted, won more scholarships, the freshman class goes from 350 people that are trying to get into a program that only slots 50. I made it into that program and I just became this scholar. I mean, uh, I was a McNair scholar for two years and uh, ended up graduating at the top of my class. Found my best friend, who's now my business partner in at North Dakota State University, graduated with a master's of architecture. Um, and then we both we both went our separate ways thinking it's going to be a decade before we start our business. Great recession hits. We both get laid off from our prospective jobs. Mine was in Boulder. His was in New York City working for Studio Daniel Liebskin, very famous architect. And uh, then we ended up back in Longmont. I so you know while when I got laid off, one of the things I did is I I really prided myself on not trying to take um, any um, government assistance or like uh, unemployment insurance and stuff like that. So I knew I was going to get laid off. And I, that's where I re, you know, relied back on my uh, handyman, and well, my carpenter background. And I put out these ads on Craigslist. And Craigslist in the back of the day used to be fantastic because you could actually 
embed like images into your little ad. So I would blow these other handymen out of the water just by visuals. And then <laughs> I would even state stuff at the top. Like I was aiming at like the stay at home mom or, you know, person taking care of the houses in Boulder that uh, the husband is out at work and she was handling all the handyman stuff. So I really catered it. And I would say stuff like, you know, young, smart, um, sober, I would emphasize sober, handyman, <laughs> uh, can can basically do it all, emphasize my uh, degrees and all of that. And I was overwhelmed with work that I could do. And then while I was doing that and still keeping my family going, I had two kids at that point um, with, my, with my former wife. And then uh, I started to land design projects, got a house, got an addition got a clinic that I even brought back to the, to the other firm that I was working for that got laid off from previously, which is kind of funny. Um, and then Alex was trying at the same time to uh, sort of, um, he, he went back to, uh, after he got laid off, he went back for his master's of construction, thinking that, ah, oh, the recession's only going to last, you know, a year or something like that. Well, in Colorado, it was about five years before it really, we rebounded from 2008 to 2013. And he, he, so he finished his master's and he went back and lived with his mom and dad and he was dejected. And he was like, I just can't do it anymore. I said, well, Hey, I got this house. I got this clinic. Like how much money do you got? He told me how much money he had a couple, you know, five, 6,000. And I was like, that's enough for three or four months. Like the apartment building or the apartment right above mine opened up, come down, let's try this. Let, let's try to do that. Um, so we did it and we made it and we starved for the first four or five years Economy started, started finally started to take off. We got those teaching gigs at University of Colorado Boulder, which then pushed us to have to hire people because we suddenly had less time to execute the work. And so, since 2013 uh, to 2023, now about 10 years, um, we've went from just a low six-figure uh, income as far as the firm goes to last year we we built out 1.4 million, and uh, we're on the cusp of hopefully winning. Um, best of mile high, um, which means we've we would be recognized as uh, the top uh, architecture firm in Colorado for customer service with uh, seventy four five star reviews on Google. Wow! Congratulations on that. <laughs> that's uh, that's an, a great achievement, um, and and also you've obviously had just some really major success with the growth. Uh, touch on for a second how you feel that you got. To, from point A to B and your growth, what strategies did you implement to to grow like that? Uh, some very basic ones that anybody listening to this show can do professionally and personally. And that is uh, 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 under promise and over deliver. Very obvious one, right? Give people the worst case scenarios for things, even if you feel uncomfortable, as long as you're telling the truth. So for example, if somebody says, hey, I need, um, I would like to hire you guys to you know, build this or draw this, um, but I need it done in two weeks. If the honest to God truth is, I'm sorry, we, you know, I, I, we will try to expedite it, but the truth of the matter is it's going to take us about two weeks to finish it. Um, the part of the reasons why we're maybe doing that in two weeks is, we don't like to rush things. We we price for excellence. We provide excellent service and, and making sure we're doing best practices is very important for that. Uh, number two would be, um, I, I kind of have changed the way I say this phrase now because I just, I just had somebody on my show um, that I thought I had a better way of putting it. And it's not so much schedule everything. So what I used to say is schedule everything. Schedule the dates with your wife. 
schedule going to pick up the meat from uh, the butcher that you need to, uh, you know, going to kids uh, programs and schools and stuff like that. It's make time for yourself, make appointments for yourself. So make appointments for yourself professionally, personally. Now you can get, um, you might get over, you might overdo it sometimes, right? So I think you can't love stuff like that. I think is super important. Just helps you be um, organized and, and professional. And then the third big one is communication. Anybody, and I mean, just about anybody, anybody can be a good architect. Anybody can be a good builder. Anybody can be a good podcaster. Not everybody can communicate. Not everybody can communicate well, effectively, and fast. So like at our firm, one of our principles, if people head over to the website and they take a look at it, if you go to uh, the about page, we have a, we have nine principles under the F9 banner. And one of our biggest ones is communication. If If clients contact us, perspective or existing, the, the rule we have for myself and staff is you need to get back to them within one hour or less. If you cannot do that, the next acceptable part of that would be 24 hours or less. And if we're so overwhelmed and, and maybe you can't get it to a detailed response to them, it's okay to say, hey, I'm in receipt. I, I understand the issue. I will get back to you as soon as possible. But you, you know, we're acknowledging them. Something happened with, I mean, many things happened during the COVID stuff, but one of the biggest things is customer service just seems like it went even further down south. So if you can do those three things, personally, professionally, starting a business, even just revamping your business, you, you those fundamental things are going to help set you apart from the crowd. That's fantastically said. And, you know, I, it reminds me too of, of being intentional. Um, communication, yeah, is such a major point and it's it's how intentional you are and and have you defined things well you know like if somebody says i need something as asap well does asap mean like right this second does it mean tomorrow morning you know does it mean by by the end of the business week um and so if you don't clearly define those things things can you know fall apart with your team i love those principles i love the way that you laid all of that stuff out lance that's great um, all right, now let's let's shift over, and I want to I want to talk a little bit about more about your podcast. It's called Inside the Firm. Um, how long you been doing that? Since 2017. Yeah, um, Alex and I. This sort of it sort of was a push come to shove sort of thing again. So, uh, what since we were now in teaching in 2017, and we were becoming builders and doing these tiny houses. Um, and then, um, you know, we also both had growing families. So suddenly I had four children, um, and another, and a, a new, a, a new wife building Something a house. else we have in common, by the way, four children. <laughs> yeah. You got, I love it, man. Uh, be fruitful and multiply. I'm all about that. Absolutely. Uh, and same thing with Alex. So Alex got engaged. He got, had, had a baby. Um, he has a wife. Now he has got two children. It was like, first of all, we thought we have something to share with the world and, as as a older millennial, seeing, you know, how other millennials and Gen Z are really, I think a lot of them are in sort of this bad mental state of capitalism, bad uh, entrepreneurs, bad, all, all these big guys are out to get me and stuff like that. The American dream is dead, um, that you can't, you know, rise from the ashes and really create something meaning power, meaningful powerful and and long lasting and and positive for society that that's really what a business is or especially if you're in the service based business it was like okay we're super busy we need to again make an appointment for ourselves 
to share this knowledge. And that's where the podcast came from. The idea came from inside the firm. We want to bring people inside the firm. So starting at episode zero, we backtrack and talk about what it was like to start up a, a small firm in the or business in, in the Great Recession. And we tell we basically tell everything. Um, even going fast forwarding up to when we did our first real estate development, all the all the pains, the problems, the, the successes and all of that, um, we just lay bare and and try to uh, hopefully be be that resource for people for of, of inspiration and information that could hopefully enable them to then break out of that negativity if they're especially if they're younger folks of like you can do it too. The American dream is still alive. Um, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a, a federally recognized Native American, and when I look at my community that I come from, like I, I'm here to say, like the American dream is still here, and and like yes, money isn't everything, but not having it is. Um, you you the only way you're going to get towards financial freedom, freedom for family, freedom for friends, for just freedom in general, is if you if you break out of that system and, and start taking extreme ownership um, by being a self starter. Very well said. And you're right. There's a lot of that shifting over to where people are, for whatever reason, looking to to blame somebody else for their issues. I mean, hey, you got to look inside. You got to you got to go out there and make an an effort. I mean, grab there. There's so many opportunities out there. You've proven it. So many entrepreneurs that have proven it. Um, And so, you know, amen. I'm just going to say that a resounding amen to to everything you just said. now tell us, uh, Lance, what in the future do you have lined up? Do you have, uh, you've got your F-19, your F-14 companies. Um, are there any other ex- special projects or exciting things you've got lined up in the for the near future? I, the biggest one I would say is that we are, so right, so we have two offices. Our, our headquarters is in Longmont, Colorado. Um, it's close to where I live and same thing with Alex and most of the staff. We do. We 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 have a satellite office now down in Denver. We've had it for about two years, and uh, with the team that we've built at F nine, so we have a staff of seven, including me and Alex's. We feel like we have the a perfect base, a perfect dream team set up to expand again. And so, ideally, I think what we've identified is that we would like to expand uh, so that there's seven full time staff at Longmont at the Longmont location, seven in Denver, and then eventually seven in in the western uh west of the continental divide up in the mountains and that's kind of our ideal fit i mean um I, I, when i i think i was mentioning before we went on air we're up for the best of mile high award which means they recognize the best in service is at the best of service professionals in the whole state of colorado we were really nominated we were in a crowd of about 10 other architecture firms some very very big names and we are now one of the three finalists, um, and we think we're going to win it. And what this has done for us is it just gives us the motivation to then try to actually grab that top spot in terms of the market um, with less staff than even the bigger folks. So we're implementing some inter- some very interesting stuff like uh, uh, artificial intelligence um, scripts to be able to... Uh, automate some of the very mundane tasks that architects or even builders have to do um, while still maintaining that very human touch of creativity in everything that we do. You know, we really want to emphasize and exploit 
um, the time we have available and the fees we have available to do the creative stuff as humans and then export the other stuff that really a computer should be doing at this point in 2023. So those are some of the really big things we have on the horizon that we're hoping for. That's amazing. Um, and I appreciate you you sharing all of that too. And and also good luck. Hopefully you, you uh, come through with that award. Um, it's always great to have that kind of recognition on top of all the other success that you're having. I mean, you, you've obviously got a, a large and very um, happy and satisfied customer base and your, you know, success speaks for yourself. So this is, this is great. And I hate to, uh, I hate to run, um, but we got to, before we do tell um, everybody how they can find you, how they can find your businesses, um, drop a website or two. Tell us yeah. a couple websites. Yeah. Well, if you want to follow me on social media professionally, uh, just go to LinkedIn and type in. There's only one of me in the whole world, with especially with that goofy name, uh, <laughs> Lance, L-A-N-C-E-C-A-Y-K-O. Uh, link in with me. I'm always happy to just spread, just build my network a little bit bigger. If you want to hear from us a little bit more, what you like, you've heard, please check out insidethefirmpodcast.com. Uh, follow us on all we're on YouTube, we're on uh, the terrestrial sites. And then if it last, certainly not least, uh, if, if you're interested, if you're listening to this from Colorado and you want to do uh, some architecture, some building, if you have that kind of dream project ahead of you, go to F9productions.com. Wonderful. I'm sure that anybody that's listening uh, is going to jump on that because you y'all have some fantastic stuff. I, I meant to ask you, by the way, what are you a Frank Lloyd Wright guy? I think every every architect <laughs> worth his salt is a Frank Lloyd Wright guy. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the Eastwatch House uh, series uh, that we have on our website, that's my homage to that great man of trying to build within within the landscape, not dominate it and uh, and do those sorts of things. Awesome, awesome. Well, this is this is great, man. Lance, I really really appreciate you being on the show. I'm grateful to have you. Um, and once again, he is the uh, he's the founder, the owner of F9 Productions, um, F14 General Contracting. He's the host of the Inside the Firm podcast. Um, he is Mr. Lance Psycho. Keiko is uh, is what I would call him <laughs> if I didn't get corrected to, uh, to speak it correctly. But anyway, Lance, this has been amazing, man. I really, really appreciate you being on the show. I appreciate your time and uh, sharing so much great information with us today. Beautiful. Thanks so much for having me on, Arthur. Appreciate you. Thank you, Lance. Um, and that's going to wrap us up for episode 16 of the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. Hope everybody has an excellent day and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Arthur Yon here. Thank you so much for listening to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. If you are a successful restorer, contractor, or home service provider who would like to be on this program, please visit jointhenestteam.com slash go. If you got something out of this interview, would you also share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the social. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag HSSP Spotlight. I love seeing your posts, love seeing your guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and your reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, jointhenestteam.com slash go, or follow me on LinkedIn and Facebook. 
Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.